and the dogs of Jesus feet the Santa 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 dogs of Jesus feet the Merry something or other. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, mm-hmm. I celebrate Atheist Kids Get Presents Day, which coincidentally falls <laughs> on December 25th. <laughs> <clears throat> I we wished just celebrated uh, Dalemouth, so. <laughs> <laughs> I wished a fellow faculty member Merry Christmas the other day, and she was like, I think you mean Happy Holidays. And I was like, mm, no, I celebrate Christmas, so I wish you a <laughs> Christmas. I think you're thinking of Festivus. Uh, Merry Festivus. Uh, one of my good friends has a Festivus celebration every year. This year it is after Christmas, but there is a airing of grievances and all kinds of hijinks. Feats of strength? Yes. I forget, what was the traditional Festivus meal? Mm. I don't remember. I don't remember. I bet Wikipedia knows. Wikipedia knows everything. Wikipedia knows all. We should all celebrate wikipedia <laughs> Some sort of meatloaf? Okay. That sounds about right. Yes. <clears throat> so because of the festive holiday season... This week, we are going to be talking a little bit about some festive holiday music for certain values of festive holiday and music. And varying <laughs> degrees of festivity. Yes. <laughs> I'm recording from a remote location. I'm house-sitting for a, uh, a friend, and so I've got a greyhound and a parakeet. Aw! My company. <laughs> they are both very mellow, and their presence will probably not be recorded. <laughs> but they're here. I don't know. Parakeets apparently can be dicks sometimes. I was listening to the uh, to your pick, Rich, and um, Noodle, the parakeet, was going off. I don't <laughs> know if it's in a good way or a bad way, but... <laughs> but there was a response. When I had a, a parakeet, uh, we would leave the country music radio station on for her and she loved that and that was like the only thing that she really liked we tried other stations like I think I think we started with classical just because we figured that would be you know the traditional yeah exactly (laughs) Mm, parakeet Mozart and you know where she's all (laughs) but um yeah like the only thing that she really really liked was uh the country station and and she loved Randy Travis Mm. Well, I know these guys listen to a lot of NB, MSNBC while their owners are away, so. <laughs> Do they miss uh, Keith Olbermann? Uh, pres- presumably. I would, I would think so. Uh, but I can't confirm that either way. <laughs> you should, you know, like look, look in their eyes and say Keith Olbermann, and if they start going, like if the dog kind of starts going, 
then you have your answer. <laughs> yeah, Cooper was uh, is very mellow. He's a rescue greyhound. And, oh, uh, cool. cool. He, Those are the best kind. Yeah, and uh, he's very, very mellow and <laughs> even uh, and refuses to go out unless he's ready to go out. Um, <laughs> but he wanted to go out every hour on the hour last night starting at around 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> and same situ- same same as ever same as it ever was for me here. I'm just in the room, relax. Where it's, I think that's the heat that just went going. It just started making noise. Oh, mm. uh, okay. I was wondering because it, it was oh, like no, all like a, that's someone like a, with a leaf blower outside. Ah, great! It's, it's going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> that has been used for centuries as a method of torture. Mm. This is our. Uh, this is our tribute to build and analyze <laughs> the leaf blower outside. Ah, I thought you meant this was our last show. No, no, no. That'll be our tribute to hypercritical next week. No, I'm kidding. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Well, I did. Uh, I'm catching. I did some catching up with some uh, song, albums from last from this past year. Last I night. Saw that. So. <laughs> yeah, that might be something more for a talk about next week because. Uh, you know, kind of need to keep this one a little short. Get stuff to do. Yeah, it's uh, I I support that notion. Yeah, holiday weekend. Holiday weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I I know that because I'm like uh, yesterday was a uh, Dalemas, like I said, which is our all of my like uh, friends like Christmas celebration, and uh, I, I'm actually still pretty wiped. I I I didn't sleep super well, so I'm kind of like. Ah, okay. So I, I guess I'll, I'll be doing the edit tonight, but it, so it'll be basically like you know, like oh well, uh, it, it's the it's the one with very little editing in there. So <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, there's drop calls and dead space, and it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. The last few shows I've edited have been actually been kind of easy because we we we've wiped out most of the trouble spots, and my new microphone is behaving. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it actually, yeah. Editing really isn't that bad. It's it's you get into a rhythm, and it's and it can be kind of slackful, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just tedious, anyway. Yeah, I haven't been sleeping very well either these past two nights due to the increased wildlife, <laughs> which I'm not used to. <clears throat> Wild life. <laughs> well, I just don't the dog and the bird. Understand? <laughs> I mean, you don't have like traffic noise and people going. Hey, fuck you! No, fuck you! Uh, and the neighbor no. with the t- and the downstairs neighbor with the TV on at uh, midnight. I don't no. understand how you people live. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I uh, at home, I'm in a suburb of Hartford, which is very quiet. We're actually on top of a hill, and uh, which is very nice. And right now, I'm in the New Haven area, but we're um, down by the beach, so it's quite, quite, um, quite quiet, like a, a beach cottage sort of feel. So no, quite peaceful here, but I don't live. Um, I don't have a dog, and so uh, sleeping in a place that has a dog is kind of very foreign to me. So every time he moves or grunts, I kind of it wakes me up because I'm not used to his uh, his noises. So, <clears throat> so if you put a Santa hat on him, would he be a Santa dog? He probably would be. I think he would. I don't think he would have too many complaints about that. He's Ow. pretty low key. Sorry about that. My, uh, I'm, I'm 
babysitting Smokey still, and she decided to bite my foot. <laughs> Aww. She got jealous of all the attention for lavishing on the Greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, sitting here, and I'm, like, listening to the, the story, that all of a sudden, she just goes, like, chomp on my big toe. I was like, oh, ow. <laughs> That's so, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- thanks, Smokey. That was awesome. That's <laughs> true. So yes, forgive me if I occasionally like have like painful interjections throughout this episode. Apparently, mm. it's apparently going to be one of those kind of shows. Yeah, Rich, have you listened to the uh, the Roderick and Colton Christmas album? Part of it. Part of it. It's funny. It is. It is, and it's good. I mean, as to be expected from the uh, pedigree. Yes. Uh, but I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, which is kind of sad because it's not a terribly long record. No, it's not. But uh, at work, uh, we have uh, we spend most of our time listening to music and turn ta- on Turntable FM. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when uh, people started busting out Christmas music, I apparently that's all on Turntable. So I put a couple songs in from uh, from that on Turntable. Nice. I do like the title track, though. That is that's hilarious, especially yeah, that's a, a bit about my podcast mm-hmm. making lots of money next year. Yeah, totally. Which which our podcast will, of course. Um, yeah, I bought it when it uh, when it came out, and it's enjoyed a, a few listens. Uh, I like it. It's a nice little. It's it is very short, but it's a nice little present. Yeah, little uh, Christmas appetizer. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of uh, Christmas, uh, um, I'm thinking maybe we should go from traditional to a traditional uh, on this show. So I'll let you take the first one. If you want, Andrew. Sure, we could do that. Um, so yeah, this uh, I listened to one Christmas at a time, uh, several times. But when my pick came out um, a couple, a few Christmases ago, I think it was like 2008, maybe. Yeah. Um, I listened to it like nonstop. Um, and my pick is an album called Jingle All the Way, which is a Christmas album by Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. Um, themselves a huh? It's not the soundtrack to that terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, is it? It is not the soundtrack to the the holiday classic with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Um, <laughs> but it is a an album. Uh, Bailiff and the Flectones are. I have never. I haven't had a Flectones pick yet on this show, even though they're one of my um, favorite groups. But yeah, I just Wikipedia jingle all the way, and the movie came up. God damn it! Um, <laughs> but so. Uh, Bailiff Flag and the Flecktones are a sort of instrumental, mostly instrumental, jazz, bluegrass, world music uh, ensemble with um, banjo. Bailiff Flag being one of the the great the great uh, banjo players of the of the human race. Uh, Victor Wooten on bass, Future Man on drums, and Jeff Coffin was a uh, uh, the saxophonist for a number of years, and then Howard Levy. Uh, on harmonica has also been um, one of the core members. But so this album was recorded with um, the Jeff Coffin lineup. So although there are a number of guest musicians and it is just a wonderful um, collection of holiday tunes done in sort of jazzy, instrumental, wonderful musicianship uh, style. And I believe that they won a, I don't know if it was a Grammy, but they won something uh, Jingle All the Way reached number one on the top contemporary jazz chart, the group's first album to do so since 91. It also won the 2000, 2009 Grammy Award for Best Pop Instrumental, and I believe that was for Sleigh Ride, um, which is great. So um, 
the song that I picked, um, my favorite song is their rendition of Bach's Christmas Oratorio, which I'm not familiar with otherwise, but I love, uh, I love it. Um, so I guess we could play some of that track uh, for the folks. It just has a very Christmassy feel, even though I don't, and I don't know what about it has a Christmassy feel because it's not like there are really jingle bells. I don't think, but um, it feels very Christmassy to me, uh, and it grooves really well, even though it's even though it's Bach. But anyway, not to ramble on too much about this album, but it's um, really great. There are some the it is kind of it could I could definitely see it being difficult to access because it is all instrumental. So if you have a problem with that, you might have some difficulty. And there are also um, there's a considerable presence by uh, some Tuvan throat singers, particularly on uh, Jingle Bells and, uh, and some other tracks. But basically, these guys from Tuva are capable of singing like three tones at the same time. And so they kind of have this very, I don't know how you even describe it, this very unique uh, vocal delivery. Um, but if you can get past that, the musicianship and the arrangements are just incredible. And it really, for me... I think it gives me a new appreciation for Christmas music because of uh, how enjoyable the songs are and how, you know, I mean, Christmas music you don't generally think of as being um, requiring a lot of musicianship because, you know, they're kind of in the public the public domain or whatever and they're kind of not gimmicky, but, you know, they're, they're holiday songs. But the way the Flectones kind of handle these arrangements, like 12 Days of Christmas, for example, is done... Uh, Every day of Christmas is done in a different key and a different time signature. And the way they pull that off and make it listenable is just astounding to me. Um, so I highly recommend it. Their version of Linus and Lucy is great. Um, so if you're into jazz and um, you're looking for a, a sort of eclectic, very unique collection of traditional holiday tunes, I highly recommend uh, Jingle All The Way. Definitely probably my favorite uh, Christmas album. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the 12 Days of Christmas because I actually checked out on that song. I had to skip it because I am just... I, I can't stand that song for some reason. It's extraordinary. I don't care about the song, really, but the way they pull it off is just amazing. Like, how do you even come up with that sort of arrangement? I know there are a lot of guest uh, musicians on that song as well. Um, but yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, I will say, the, the Bach Oratorio was good. The version of Christmas Time is here. Is, is, it's, it's great. And I, I also did love the version of Linus and Lucy. That's, that's great stuff. That's um, trio, I think, with Bela and Victor and Future Man, just bass, drums, and banjo, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that's just a great melody. It it it, it's, it sticks in your head, Linus and Lucy. Yeah. Uh, I actually got to find a link. Um, speaking of Linus and Lucy, um, so YTMND um, featuring uh, this really cool rock version of Linus and Lucy. Oh, uh, I'll try to have it in the show notes. 
but it was done by one of the uh, brilliant uh, humorists of the internet, Laura Schoberg. I don't think he made the, uh, the, the he didn't make the recording, but uh, he uh, he put the uh, the thing together. So That's... hopefully I can hopefully I can find it. Um, yeah, this uh, I'm not a huge Christmas music person, but <laughs> you know when this I just some of the you hear some of these songs so many times and it just drives you nuts. Um, so but. When this was really good, it was really good. When it was just sounded like jazzy Christmas music, I got a little less interested. So, yeah, I think that because the holiday season is so saturated, and these are not, in large part, these are not original Christmas songs. Um, so I totally see where you're coming from in terms of how you can get oversaturated with with Christmas music. And um, but in in the album's defense, I have to say that these. Renditions are for me uh, unique enough to uh, to warrant uh, many listens. So, uh, but yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from. What about you, Matt? Uh, I quite liked it actually. I uh, um, yeah, I, I I was going to ask about the uh, throat singers just because I I thought I recognized that sound of the uh, tube and throat singing, which is an really interesting sound and it really worked here and sometimes it doesn't and it just sounds like like three guys retching <laughs> like single bells reprise i tend to skip that track because it's kind of um, it can be hard to stomach in large quantities yeah but but for the most part the uh Tuvan, uh throat singing really worked here mm-hmm. and it it really folded in with the rest of the arrangement it was generally really really cool and yeah, I, I I quite like this album. It's like actually kind of funny because um, on Wednesday um, I had uh, my neighbor over for a, a bit so I could do uh, Christmas gifts for the kids. And uh, uh, what the uh, Lucas, the smaller kid, actually ended up starting because he he he's fascinated by my computer, and he ended up like playing, started playing the uh, Bela Fleck album and. It was actually like kind of nice, and it was sort of. And uh, Lydia was like, "Wow, what is this? This is really good." So, yeah, the um, the two and throat singing definitely. They've been on a, a few other albums. I know uh, this time it was uh, done by the Alash Ensemble, and they actually came out uh, with the Flecktones when they when they toured uh, in support of this album a, a few Christmases ago. Um, Wikipedia says that it is a style in which one or more pitches sound simultaneously over a fundamental pitch, producing a unique sound. Southern Siberia is where Tuva is. So, yeah, very, very unique. Yeah, Tuva is actually really interesting too. I feel like there's a uh, book um, where uh, the physicist Richard Feynman ended up getting kind of like obsessed with Tuva, and, and it's uh, the book is called uh, Tuva or Bust, and it's actually pretty interesting because Tuva is kind of a, a neat, weird place. So, yeah. but. But yeah, it's like because I I just remember like um, in uh, middle school or high school, one of the folks I knew had a Boon Her Two album, and for whatever reason, he loved it to everyone else. It just sounded like you know some old men trying to puke. <laughs> yeah. But then again, we were in like middle school or maybe high school, so it's probably not the the most uh uh what do you call it um uh not not the best time to be exposed to that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I suppose. 
because you know you're all like these guys sound like they want to puke but can't stain though yes yes it's actually like really pretty impressive too and and like i say i mean when it when it's good it sounds like really really cool and otherworldly and kind of amazing so and when you're a 12 year old it sounds like wretched but oh well yeah yeah that's right they'll come to appreciate it later on <laughs> yes exactly once you get a few more years under your belt you'll you'll get what they're doing and go oh wait that's actually kind of awesome yeah yeah, I my opinion on two and third thing is that I generally approve of it in uh, as long as it in not super massive quantities. Yeah, y- yeah. Well, so that's Bella Fleck, huh? I think so. Okay. Uh, do I have to take this next one? Nope. Go for it. All right. Uh, my pick this week is the Christmas album by Mark Mothersbaugh, famously of some band from Ohio. Uh, had a hit in 1980. They have wore flower pots on their head. Whatever. Oh, uh, that, that, that uh, Devo, right? I think so. Wait, no, that not that those those Italian guys who do opera? <laughs> no, that's Il Devo. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, the album is called Joyu Mutato, and it's a... Like many of Mark Mothersbaugh's solo works... It started out as sort of the soundtrack to an exhibition of his artwork. Um, specifically, I think the, uh, he was doing some holiday theme. His his main thing uh, for art, visual art, is what are com- commonly known as the postcard diaries, which is something he started doing while touring uh, with Devo, just taking postcards and drawing on them uh, as portable canvases. And this particular one, it was like sort of around the holidays or something, so he started doing like some Christmas music to go with the the show and ended up turning it into an album of music. And there's actually two versions of this. Uh, there was a, a limited edition version on uh, that Rhino put out. And Rhino Handmade. Rhino Handmade. And it was successful enough that they put out a mass market version with a slightly different track list. They added one track, put on a different mix of another track, and cut a couple tracks out. Uh, the version I shared with you guys is my sort of hybridization of the two, because I'm anything, if I'm anything, I'm a completionist. Mm-hmm. So I want everything, including mm-hmm. the two different versions of I Don't Have a Christmas Tree, which is also uh, the song I uh, suggested for the hook, so uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, I Don't Have a Christmas Tree, Soylent Night, uh, I'm not sure if this I'm going to throw in the high tolerance or the low tolerance edit, but they both sound roughly the same. much like the rest of the record and uh, 
the the rest of it's a little more sort of ambient, ambient, and quiet and. And like the first track on the official, the uh, handmade version, "Blue Joy," uh, could almost pass as a legit Christmas song for, for a couple minutes. So, but I like I like this because it's it does stuff. I mean, I like the electronic sounds. I like the textures. This it, it sounds like the sort of stuff that goes on in Mark Mothersbaugh's head all the time. I think, <laughs> and it's. It's much. It's a playful reinterpretations of a lot of the familiar Christmas songs. It's weird enough and captivating enough that it gets my attention. And it's. I think it's. It. Some of the tracks might even be good to listen to, even if it's not the holiday season. It's just. It, I think it works that well. So, you know, I had to pick something a little uh, a traditional. So I'd like to know. What, I think I know where Matt stands on this, but I want to know where you, where you, where you, where you both think, of course. <laughs> I, I liked it quite a bit actually I was um, surprised knowing that um, as you guys know I'm not a Devo fan yet um, but this yes. was uh, devoid of the um, of the sort of dare to be stupid style uh, lyrical delivery which uh, helped me quite a bit and um, like you said Rich the, the textures and the sounds and stuff I found to be very pleasant um, I didn't realize that are these are they supposed to be because I know you have like tannin bong and and stuff like that but are these supposed to be based on Christmas songs or are they supposed to be more original because I didn't detect um, I think like, it's a little from column A and a little from column B yeah because um, when I the as I was listening to it it struck me as being largely original um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I liked it uh, quite a bit. I thought it was very um, enjoyable to listen to, and again, I think the the uh, the lack of of the uh, the Devo vocal style uh, helped me enjoy it a little bit more. I did like that it was more ambient, and um, it felt very Christmassy uh, to me overall. Uh, so I was very pleasantly surprised by this. Okay, and how about you, Matt? Yeah, in in general, I this is. Like, an okay album. It, to be honest, it's not one that I go to a lot. Like, even of, of the Mother's Boss solo stuff, I tend to prefer the Muzak for Insomniacs more. But, um, it's okay, yeah. it's. I, I think I do have a little bit of a Christmas music block in me, just, you know, just because, well, I work in radio, and it's, uh, Christmas time is, is wicked busy time. <laughs> <laughs> And also, it has the added thing of you know a lot of terrible music because I think you know, I think we can both are all all three of us agree that you know there is a fair share of just god awful Christmas music out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that this is this is one of them, but it still you know it still has that that Christmassy kind of thing, which means it has to work a bit uphill. And but I mean it is Mark Brothers. So I mean I, I am predisposed to like it, and I do like it, but it's it's just not one that I really go to. Although I do like the 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 Rhino handmade version, which has the uh, it's made out of that um, that fuzzy weird felt that they use for like like Santa toys, like um, and, and flocking and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it so the packaging is actually very very, very Christmassy. 
Like, Rich, do you have the handmade version or just the? I do not. It it's uh, I I missed out on it. I I got into Diva like right after that went out of print. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I I I got that like I ordered it right as, and it's like um. I don't have the mass market version. I just have the handmade version, but it's kind of cool because it's this like, not it's not super fuzzy, but it's like like I say, it's that kind of stuff that they will spray on Santas sometimes, mm-hmm. like plastic Santas, and then it's got a little like carving of a uh, boogie boy getting a present, and then there's like a little like three page kind of comic booky kind of thing in there, and I don't I don't know if that's reproduced in the mass market version or not but yeah I know the mass market version's got this uh, kind of cheesy cover of just a box of tangled up Christmas lights yeah yeah but but yeah it's like the the handmade version is kind of cool just because it's fuzzy mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I yeah. endorse more more fuzzy albums I guess <laughs> but one yeah, thing I, I do miss about what's one thing about digital music stuff that I kind of miss is like having you know some 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 albums have really cool packaging and it's very tactile and you kind of miss out on that when you just buy uh stuff on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, you can't really have a fuzzy MP3 or or at least not one that you'd want. Yeah. I mean, you'll see this or the Jonathan Colton John Roderick one. I just didn't listen to the whole thing, so I didn't feel comfortable picking it. Mm. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I, in general, I like, I like, like it. Okay, it's you know, it's just sort of like, yeah. What are you guys? What's your um? And what are you guys' stances on on Christmas music in general? Is it something that you tend to avoid? I mean, I tend to enjoy it, you know, as a as a means of getting into the Christmas spirit. Um, I, I just find it overplayed. Um, you know, when there's when there's some good stuff, I I can listen to it, but. Most of it's just really obnoxiously overplayed, and I have a few songs that I simply cannot stand, including Feliz Navidad, <laughs> you know, the traditional recording of that. And I'm going to probably uh, offend someone with this one. I hate w- simply having a wonderful Christmas time. That song uh, is proof. Yeah. That song is proof that the real Paul McCartney did die in a car crash. <laughs> I like that song. Doesn't really bother me. When I hear it, I, I hear the sound of a Prophet mm. Five synthesizer screaming in pain. Hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it only comes it, out once a year. Yeah, which is shame because around <laughs> the same time, Paul was doing some cool stuff with synthesizers, like uh, "Check My Machine" and "Temporary Secretary." Yeah, I think for me, it was like before I started working in radio, I was generally pro Christmas music, and or at least it like, you know, oh, I can, you know play it on like the Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and it's it's fun and and whatnot. And then but I've never really gotten like like the all Christmas radio stations out there. Like even mm. before I worked in radio. I just would go like like I was like one where I remember just thinking to myself, who in the hell would listen to this all the time? And then my like RA in college was kind of an asshole actually, but that's neither here nor there. But ended up like driving me somewhere and it was all it was like November, and I mean it was it wasn't even like Thanksgiving, and one of the stations had already flipped, and he was all like, "Hot damn!" and and basically had it on on the the Christmas station, in in you know middle of November, and I was just like, 
oh my god, how can you do this? <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a station in Philadelphia, B101, the uh, local soft rock station, and that's what my mom always listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when my dad was in the car, and it was just me and my dad, we would have on the rock station, which is fine. Uh, but when my mom was in the car, it was the soft rock station. And soft rock is a contradiction in terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's like military intelligence, you know. It, it, <laughs> but uh, uh, it used to be around Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, they would flip and start playing Christmas music. Then it was Thanksgiving. Then there was some arbitrary point in November. And so I would listen, and it, there's only so much Christmas music I can fit into that format. Oh, yeah. Like, and so you um, hear the same, you know, hundred songs over and 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 over again. Have I told the story about why that happens? No. Okay, well, basically, like, what happens is, like... And this is, like, there's been this, like, creep, especially over the last few years, but I think it started a little bit earlier. But, but like, but, I mean, definitely in our in our lifetimes, where it turned out that, like, like, honestly, like, you know, day after Thanksgiving was, like, the traditional time to go all Christmas. Yeah. But but what happened is, is that they realized that the, the first station to flip to all Christmas had, like, a really good winter book, which is what we call the uh, arrays that come in. So what would happen is, like, you might, because like, usually in every market there's, like, maybe, like, you know, a couple of all Christmas stations on display, just because it's, it is, a, it does tend to be a pretty good moneymaker. And it's but probably you, cheap to do. Well, that too, but, um, but, so, so basically what would happen is then they'd be like, well, okay, um, if, you know, WXYZ is going all Christmas on the day after, after Thanksgiving, We'll go on Thanksgiving itself, and so then that year, you know, WABC would get the, you know, get the uh, uh, the ratings bump. And I don't mean the the real WABC, of course, because I don't know if they if, if they're at all Christmas. I would very much doubt it, seeing as they're a flagship station and all in New York. <laughs> but um, so then the next year, they WXYZ would go. Well, those bastards at WABC stole our thunder by going on the day on the day of Thanksgiving. We'll go Monday of Thanksgiving week, and then and then XYZ would win that that book that year, and so it just kept sneaking up and sneaking up and sneaking up and sneaking up and sneaking up. And I actually had a client this year flipped to all Christmas on Halloween. Okay, if I Halloween. had a gun right now, you would have heard a gunshot. It's a little early. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know I I I figure probably the way things are going, like l- luckily for the most part, it, it's kind of settled down, and usually it's like you know beginning of November is more or less I think like when they kind of figured they they'd have to stop with that, but but um I am I I figure though if you know, if I am wrong, then it hasn't really, like, um, you know, probably in, like, you know, another, like, five years, we'll have, start having, like, all Christmas flipping in, like, August. <laughs> <sighs> and then it'll turn out that, you know, the, first, the, the station that flips not only ha- first, not only has a good winter book, but also a good fall book. And then they'll go, you know, into summer, and, and then, and then 
spring and then everyone with taste shoots themselves and because it's so much fucking terrible music <laughs> but but yeah it's it's it, it's kind of weird to me that you know the idea of you know you know that oh it's Halloween let's listen to Christmas music and not even like monster monster Christmas party or anything it's you know it's the straight up shit mm. yeah at the very least and, like save Halloween save playing I wouldn't mind a radio station playing all scary songs for like a week around Halloween that would be kind of cool that would be kind of cool and I don't mean like monster mash crap <laughs> I'm so sick of that one, too. <laughs> yeah, you mean actually, like, busting out, like, Frankie Teardrop? Well, let's not go overboard. This is radio. <laughs> <laughs> We're all Frankies. We're okay. Though, <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of scary stuff, that, I don't know. So yeah. Your, your pick is kind of scary at times. Uh, yeah, I, especially 92, I think it's really kind of eerie, but... I went with. I hate, I hate Santa Dog ninety two. I kind of do too, but it is, it is the creepiest I think of them all. But it's also the most preachy. But anyway, though, I went with um, the thing the residents put out in ninety nine. I think it was uh, called Refused, which is all of the various Santa dogs that the residents had put out since nineteen seventy two. Including a few, quite a few unreleased ones too, like '84 and uh, the Gamlion one, and all sorts of stuff. But let's let my my hook was the um, original style, uh, 1972. So why don't we hear a little bit of Sand Dog right now? What track is it? Because none of them are labeled Santa Dog 92 or whatever you just said, 72. Fire. 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 Okay. I'm sorry. I sh- I. That's okay. Like, I listened to that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that. Like, because the original Santa Dog single mm-hmm. was a. Uh, it's basically the 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 first four tracks on there, and they were all lit- named. They were all done under fake names with fake uh, composer credits, and all this each of the songs was named after a different uh, things on a. Um, insurance pamphlet there's like what was it fire lightning flood lightning flood. aircraft damage yeah flood mm-hmm. yeah fire yeah. lightning explosion and aircraft damage uh there you go. yeah because the original it was supposed to look like a, a christmas card from some insurance company gotcha. because the residents are weird <laughs> uh, yeah so I, I i i and i forgot because like a lot of the, the most residents fans just call it seventy, you know, Sand Dog seventy two because it's, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> you know, what it basically seems like, you know. And then you also have like the the other three songs aren't terribly Christmassy, but then you have like I guess not Santa Dog really isn't either, is it? <laughs> Santa Dog at least mentions Santa and Jesus, so. <laughs> but yeah, I, I it's just one where I think, given my like you know 
aforementioned vague distaste for most Christmas music, and you know, and like outside of a few songs, of course, but I, like you know, it's you know, this is about like the only album I could really think of that I was like, yeah, this would be a good pick because it's it's kind of allegedly Christmassy. <laughs> I just think it's interesting yeah. that uh, for two of our favorite bands, you give Andrew some of the most difficult entry points. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just perverse, I guess. I just go like, you know, you know, oh, so you want to get into the residence then, eh? Here, have their very earliest, harshest stuff. <laughs> punch me in the face. Mm. Hey, what? A, what? A, yeah. Hey, let's introduce Andrew to Diva with this really, really raw-sounding early live recording. <laughs> yeah, we're directly antagonizing the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I, I, I kind of fail at, at that, but hope, you know. But what you gonna do? I, I, I am, I am bad at at picking entry points. I guess. Mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, I. I, I I love Santa Dog. It's one of the things that I can play on guitar, which is nice. I can actually play on just about any instrument, which is kind of cool. Because hmm. it's it's a really simple riff. Which makes sense because the residents were not musicians at that point. Yeah, yeah. It was like kind. Of, I think I I don't know if I told this story where like one time my my dad was kind of screwing around on his guitar and he goes like, oh my god, I came up with this like really cool riff. Like listen to this, and he starts playing and I go, I'm like listening, listening like. Oh, that's Santa Dog. <laughs> I was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, that's 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 the resident song, Santa Dog." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay," and and it just kind of became kind of a joke. Just you know, it is a cool riff. I mean, it really is a cool riff. I think. So I was, I, I, you know, I could see where Dad would like stumble on it and go, like, "This is a cool thing to play." Because I still like playing Santa Dog, even. <laughs> Which reminds me, apparently they've got a new Santa Dog coming out very soon. Yes, I, I'm. I'm, they, I'm looking about forward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess uh, one. Well, well, I guess we'll talk about Sandog, and then we'll then we'll talk about. Oh, I won't want to mention the um, ultimate residence box set. Yeah, we'll save that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking yeah. about that or not. Um, I, 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 my, my, my guess on that is basically they're joking. But if anyone's dumb enough to actually give them a hundred grand, they'll be more than happy to do it. <laughs> So anyway, I, I, anyway, I, I enjoyed this. Um, well, I enjoyed most of it. Yeah, I actually went uh, for Kitty Sneezes as part of our ongoing residence project. Threw together a review of all the various iterations of Santa Dog from the original to the currently most recent version of, which is, uh, I think, uh, 2006. I think so, yeah. And that's not and right I, there, by the actually, way. Yeah, I've, I've thrown that link in the show notes, by the way. Oh, sweet. So, you may have to. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely and, check out Rich's article. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's worth noting that the uh, Gamelon version actually isn't on here. Oh, I thought it was. Okay. That yeah. sucks. I know yeah, it's on, a really good on .com, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, because I'm in a pedantic mood, the uh, Santa Dog 84 on this is actually not the original Santa Dog 84. It's uh, the They went back and finished it to a degree. The original Santa Dog 84 is all instrumental. It sounds like, you know, Macintosh, Tinker Toy, uh, boop, boop music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, was, I wasn't I was even sure if 84 actually ended up coming out. I couldn't remember. Yeah, they threw it as like a B-side on 88. 
Ah, uh, okay, okay. So, hi, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really did enjoy most of this. Like I said, except for uh, Santa Dog Ninety Nine, where your dog shows you're ugly, which is overlong, incredibly preachy, and just kind of painful to listen to. This is especially if you're if you're up on your residence lore. It's interesting and know the resonance. It's interesting to trace through listening to this the the development of their sound up to to th- up to nineteen ninety nine two thousand because this was like released like right after Wormwood, which is I think mm-hmm. the uh, album where the resonance really got back on track after a decade of kind of decade in the wilderness. <laughs> Dec- yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, more like a decade and a half with one really with one really good record in there. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, Santa Dog eighty eight and is a great companion piece to God and Three Persons, I think, which is mm-hmm. the low, aforementioned. Yeah, the aforementioned awesome. really great record in the decade and a half of crap. Yeah. <laughs> the the residents are a hard man to get into if you don't pick the right album to start with. So you're telling me. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that uh, you guys haven't picked a residence album for the show yet, have you? No, no, no. Because okay. my own, my only experience I've mentioned in the past thought about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that um, my only experience with the residence has been through Primus and their various covers, all of which I'm pretty sure come from the Duckstab album. I think so. Yeah. Um, and I always enjoy them when Primus does it, but um, I have yet to be guided uh, through a residence album. So this is the first residence album that I've that I've listened to. Uh, in its entirety, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, kind of coming from the complete opposite end of the of the Flectones Christmas album, which is uh, highly musical. And uh, the resonance kind of struck me as more of a performance art sort of album. Um, I don't really know how to describe it because I'm not really familiar with the rest of their genre, but of their um, discography rather. But uh, not too far off. Yeah, it was very. Yeah. I know they're they're very performance arts sort of. I don't know. Um, you guys can help me. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I'm too far off, especially with the early stuff where it, it is way more. We are an art band. <laughs> yeah, but um, a very good art band. <laughs> right, and uh, so yeah, this was very creepy. And uh, it didn't strike me as particularly Christmassy, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I found it very interesting. That's for sure. I don't know if I'm going to add it to my to my massive Christmas playlist, but um, yeah. So I liked it. Cool. Yeah. You know, if you're generally curious about the residents, um, you know they are playing a show in New York on the 9th of February. Mm-hmm. They're also playing a show in Boston on the 10th, but. Um, Wait, no, not the tenth. Uh, the the oh wait, they're playing in North Northampton's near you, isn't it? Massachusetts, yeah. Yeah, they, and they're also playing Boston on the twelfth of February. Uh, if you come to the New York show, I'll uh, I'll uh, help help you understand what's going on because I've already got my ticket bought. <laughs> yeah, and and the residents are phenomenal live. I have to say. Hmm. Yeah, it, you, you it's, don't really it's appreciate funny the residents until you see them perform. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny that like. Um, most of the live DVDs are awful, uh, but the actual like like with Demons Dance alone, like the 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 DVD that they released, I thought was just abysmal, which was which broke my heart because 
that was honestly one of the best live shows I'd ever seen. Nice. Because I was actually in the, you know, I'd actually gone on that tour. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely recommend seeing the residents live if you, if you can swing it. Do you feel that somebody who's going to uh, go through that experience be familiar with some of their songs first, or can you just go with totally, totally unarmed? Uh, I think you could go I'm totally unarmed because I know, I, I think um, Ben's girlfriend, April, I think did not know, and she had a good time on the Talking Light tour. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I figure, you know, it, it couldn't hurt to, you know, like, if you want, what I can do is I can throw up in the Dropbox their um, Tired Poor Huddled Masses Best Of, which is a pretty good crash course in the residence through, what, uh, 96, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, if you have the compilation Petting Zoo, that might actually just be an easier way to get... That's where I got started. Because mm. yeah, Petting Huddled Zoo Masses is four discs, and at least one of those discs is uh, rarities and stuff that he doesn't that you don't need to hear yet, Andrew. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with Petting Zoo instead. Okay, I'd be open to that. So, yeah, and that—that's only one disc, and it's you know, and it's got a lot of really cool stuff on there. Yeah. Plus, they're—I um, mean, they're—they've been around for years and years and years, right? Decades. Yeah, this is their fortieth uh, anniversary. Yeah, so I feel like it would be difficult to get a real sense of their of their entire discography before going to to see a show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Petting Zoo would, will give you kind of like a, at least a, a cliff notes overview kind of thing, and you know, and and the, the cool thing too is, I mean, especially with the Residence Project, is like if there's anything in particular that you know floats your boat, you know, you can go and kind of take a look at the reviews and and see because I, I know like you know I think you know like Rich and I are being like the hardcore Residence nerds can kind of tell you, you know where each album kind of sits in its own. Th- Thing. And then Isla, who's coming to these albums blind, is also kind of is like I, I love that she's doing it, even though she she's kind of realized that she's not really a residence fan mm-hmm. <laughs> over the the course of eighty thousand albums. <laughs> yeah. But it's still it's still kind of interesting to have like the the fresh ear perspective. I think because you know like it's it's interesting because I mean like you know like most of these albums like Rich and I have lived with for years. And so, and we, you know, know where they fit in and everything. Isla is going through the albums sequentially, mm-hmm. and so and it's sort of like it's yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting just because it's like sort of like you know she doesn't know what necessarily is coming. Yeah, and she just knows that she probably won't like it if it's got the the resident singer on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just looking at their discography here on Wikipedia, and there's like a almost a Zappa level amount of material here to consume. Yes. <laughs> and that's not counting like uh, all the various like limited release live material and mop collections of stuff that they put out in recent years. It's weird as they they've gotten only more prolific in recent year in the last decade, mm-hmm. and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of interesting just because it is so. Oh, here is everything. <laughs> yeah. And I guess speaking of everything, I guess we can talk about the. Uh, <laughs> they've just done a, uh, and it's, the video has gone kind of viral, but it's the. Uh, there's a hilarious infomercial for the ultimate box set. 
which um, it, it, like I'll throw a link to the video in the in the show notes, and I really really recommend watching it because it, it is pretty hilarious. But it's um, what they're doing is for one hundred grand, you will get a refrigerator that is full of every residence release ever, every like first pressing, every everything, and it also comes with one of the original eyeball masks, or at least a eyeball mask. I don't know if it's one of you know, the original originals or, or what, but but yeah, it comes with an eyeball mask. <laughs> it can be all yours for the low price of $100,000. Nice. Watching the video, I, could t- I noticed it. it wasn't one of the original, original eyeball masks. It was one of the uh, ones that ILM made for them in the Yeah, that's, what, late it, that's what it looked like to me, too. Yes, we're we're that obsessive that we know the details of the masks. <laughs> yeah, there's like there's yeah, I don't three know different iterations of eyeball masks. Head. Yeah, there's the original eyeball masks from the Mole Show from the Eskimo shoot photo shoot slash Mole Show tour. Um, there's the uh, masks that ILM made for them. Um, there's the and actually, they made two sets. There's like photo sets, which is looks like what they were using there, and then there's the uh, performance masks, which are actually just all translucent from the front. Like uh, when you saw, if you then you can see them in like photos of live concerts from like the Wormwood tour, or mm-hmm. yeah, because the original mask can only just see through the iris, and that's not terribly good. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So yeah, but yeah, and and also too is if you if you actually back up a uh, truck of five million dollars cash, you can have the the special mystery box too. Only one of them in the in the world, and no one knows what's inside. Uh, tapes of the original tape of the Warner Brothers album. So, um, not the most holiday uh, episode we've ever done. <laughs> holiday episode <laughs> of the show we've ever been done. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Are we good? I think so. Um, I think we might be here. Yeah. I will say this. I do have, like, one other Christmas record I was considering. Uh, have you, Matt knows who I'm talking about. Takako Minikawa. She put out a Christmas mm-hmm. EP, which is actually kind of good, but I, I figured I'd go with something full length. <clears throat> yeah, I, like... Uh, one of the other ones I was kind of thinking about is uh, Christmas with the Papini Sisters, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm um, they're, they're kind that because you were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're kind of a neo Andrews sisters kind of kind of thing, and they're really good. But I ended up going with Santa Dog because I am I am so holly and jolly, I suppose. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess that's it. Uh, next week we're just going to talk. We're going to do our uh, like a little best of 2012 uh, for everyone as the, to ring the year out. Um, I guess we can talk a little bit about that off air, but I got some ideas. So, uh, where can we find each other on the interbuts? Uh, AndrewMarvin.net and at AndrewMarvin on Twitter and all other internet services. KittySteezes.com. KittySteezes on the Twitter, uh, uh, Tumblr, all that shit. Sandspoint.com, Sandspoint on the Twitter and the app.net. We are, of course, Crush on Radio, CrushOnRadio.com, Crush on Radio on Twitter, Crush on Radio on iTunes. 
dub us. If you give us a good review, we'll uh, do something really special for our first episode of 2013. It will be mm-hmm. the all-screaming episode. <laughs> <clears throat> I like this record because it was good! <laughs> Hi, my talk. name is Brack! <laughs> Always fun talking to you guys. Have a great whatever you celebrate. Yes, Merry Christmas. <clears throat> happy no, Merry Day on New Year's. And Happy, happy Hanukkah. Happy be another time. And happy Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. And happy so forth. Festivus, and a solemn dignified... <laughs> a solemn and dignified... <laughs> and a happy Festivus. Yes. We're recording this on Festivus. Mm-hmm. We'll have our Aaron of the Grievances off air. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.